0: Welcome to A Word with Dr. Shirley, a podcast for faith, inspiration, and empowerment. A Word with Dr. Shirley starts now. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Welcome, welcome to A Word with Dr. Shirley. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley, and I am so excited to be with you today as I interview my special guest, Ms. Yvette Thomas, Ms. Yvette Thomas, and she is going to be speaking to us today from the very special topic of mental illness among the youth and just before we get started i want to quickly introduce the woman of god yvette works as an administrator administrative assistant rather at godwell apostolic she is also a co-author of several anthology books she's the owner and ceo of eve's creations event planning services which started back in 2010 and she's also a certified event planner yvette has a love and passion for serving in ministry, working with women, and just being a creative. She's the mother of two adult children and a beautiful, uh, and she's the grandmother of a beautiful grandson. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you with you, to have you with us today, woman of God. God bless you. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I thank you For this opportunity, Dr. Shirley, I just know mental health is something that we really need to focus more on in the church and out of the church because the world is just in so much chaos. It's so much different things going on um, that kind of leads into the mental health. So I'm excited about being able to be here and just to be able to speak about this topic.
0: I am as well, woman of God, and we can't stress enough the importance and significance of this topic because... I mean, if we was just to go into the statistics of how a rampant mental illness is in our world today, it would be astonishing. And particularly amongst the population of youth, yes. um, the the numbers are alarming and it really is an opportunity. It presents an opportunity for the church to really step up as an institution to protect and and cover our young people. So I'm really excited about this topic because it'll help shed, this conversation is going to shed some light and awareness to those that are tuned in that are maybe in leadership positions or that are parents or that hold uh, positions in the community that uh, allow them to work with young people. So let's get started. First and foremost, can you just tell us what God has placed on your heart concerning this very topic?
1: Um, God has placed on my heart for this particular topic because I'm a, a big advocate of mental health. I've been in the field for probably about 15 years now. Um, I started off uh, working with uh, young adults. I was a juvenile intake officer. And then that's when I first kind of interceded into the mental health, um, dealing with the youth that were um, you know, going in and out of the prison system. Um, you know, with this, um, I started talking to God and saying, Lord, at first I didn't understand why I had been put in this position, as I was still an intern in college at the time. So, um, I kept talking to God and I said, Lord, I don't know why you keep putting me in these positions because even just being out in the community, I had people constantly just approaching me and talking to me. Parents were coming up and talking to me. You know, I didn't even know the people, I would just be in the store shopping, and they would say, You know. Um, my son is really struggling with um, a lot of issues, and I just don't know what to do. Mm. And I was saying, like, Lord, I, you know, I don't even know these people, but you know, they're approaching me and they're talking to me, and they're they're telling me everything that's going on in their household, very personal things. Right. Um, so I went home and I started praying, and I said, Lord, I just need you to show me or give me the the right words to give to somebody the next person that I intercede with. Mm. So I just kind of been on this journey for the last 15 years. Um, um, And I have a child with mental health. My God. And when my son got sick, at first I thought it was just from the move because Mm. we're originally from Arizona and I moved here to Maryland. Uh, He and his, me and his father had, um, we were going through the process of the divorce. So I thought, well, that had a lot to do with it. And he was a very active child, um, you know, outside all the time, doing different things. And then he just kind of started isolating. And I said, you know, at a teenager, you think, you know, most of the time they really don't want to be bothered with mom. You know, (laughs) so at first I thought it was just that. And it got to kind of progress on more and more. Um, And I started praying again. And I said, Lord, now. I've been working with people in the community, but now this is hitting home. Mm. This is this is really close. Like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this. Mm. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle this, Lord. I'm, I'm doing it for everybody else, but how am I gonna do this for me? How am oh, I gonna get through this?
0: Jesus.
1: Jesus. So it became um, I'm sorry, I get really emotional when I start talking about this it's because okay. it's such a This and- is a good place. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, it's just a passion and, and having to go through that personally as a, um, a single mom trying to raise two children and one with a mental health issue and trying to get them through school. Um, I was still in college. You know, um, I was in law school at the time, actually, mm-hmm. um, and I had to kind of let it go because it became so overwhelming because I'm trying to care for him. Plus, during the school. Um, it just, it was, it was too much for me. And I found myself, um, I got sick, Mm. I ended up getting a cold and basically, like they said, you cough up a lung, I coughed and my lung collapsed. I was at work Jesus, and I was walking around, um, with walking pneumonia and didn't know it because I was busy in school, busy trying to take care of my son and working a full time job. Wow. Um and i I was just praying and i said lord i don't know i'm i drove myself to the hospital for work i coughed and it was just like this pain just kind of went across my chest from one end to the other yeah. and i told my supervisor i said something's wrong like i'm having chest pains she said well you better go into the hospital so i drove myself to the emergency not knowing what was going on and i told him i was having chest pains they took an x-ray and they said well miss thomas We got to get you into surgery right away. I said, what do you mean? He's like, is there somebody you can call? And I'm, you know, all these things and I'm just, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, call, what do I need to call for? You know, he said, well, we got to get you in surgery. Your lung collapsed. And I said, huh? He said, yeah, we got to get that lung, lung back up. So they took me into surgery, put the chest tube in. Um, I was in there for six days. This Hmm. whole time, my son is still sick. Uh, my daughter, they're they're four years apart. She was much younger. Nobody's there to look after my kids. So I had to call my sister and ask her to go over there and check on my children for me. Um, and the whole time I was just praying, you know, I was laying in that hospital bed and I remember seeing this bright light. Mm. And I thought, Lord, like, is this, you know, this is it for me? Or are you trying to show me something? But the in that light, I seen God come to me and tell me, like, this is what I need you to do. Mm. I need you to be this warrior and you need to be out here in this community because your son is sick, but you're going to be able to help other people and other parents and get through this whole process. Wow.
0: Well, that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Um, And I'm so glad that you surrendered. Um, You know, because it's one thing when Like you said, you know, in theory, it's easy to go out and help other people, you know, um, Mm -hmm. or serve in the church, serving your community. But it really, it hits different when it hits home, right? Like when it's your child, um, you know, you may not, the strength that it takes to do that has to come from God, Mm -hmm. right? It has to come from God. It's not something that you can really rely on yourself for, you know, and even if you, you could be a professional, you could, you could have all the knowledge in the world in that area, but it's something about when it's your child, like everything yes. goes out the window, <laughs> you know, I, and I know from experience because I'm a mom, you know, and I'm a nurse, you know, and so when my son has a cut or anything that requires treatment, all of a sudden I forget everything, right? Yes. Like the mom takes over every other role and so I just want to applaud you for really embracing that calling on your life and that assignment so that up to date now you can really position yourself to help other moms that are dealing with children with mental illness or leaders, church leaders that don't know how to really um, approach this topic. Because I know it's such a stigma in the world that really um, it takes it, it takes a lot of intention to even talk about something like this. And mm-hmm. and even, you know, for people that are thinking about, you know, when we're talking about mental illness, like, what are we referring to? Right. And so I just want to say that mental illness can range from something small, so to speak, as um, anxiety or fear, mm-hmm. uncontrolled anxiety, uncontrolled fear, to depression, to um suicidal ideation which we're seeing a lot in young people nowadays right and so there's a huge uh there's a huge spectrum of ways that mental illness can manifest itself and i know like most of the times people frown upon it because when they think mental illness they're thinking like bipolar schizophrenia they're thinking of like those big major um diagnoses which of course they have their place but there are young people that are silently dealing with depression, yes. right? Um, there are young people that are silently struggling with fear and anxiety. Like they're not on medication. They're not coping well. They're not talking to anyone about it. They're mm-hmm. isolating themselves. And those things, the thing with mental illness is that it's very progressive. Yes. So left unresolved, it will, it can start small. It can start as one thing. And then left unresolved progress to something completely Uh, probably unmanageable. So um, this is why I think this conversation is so important. And again, in the church arena, I really feel that um, this is something that perhaps leaders and pastors need to look at, take seriously, especially uh, youth pastors and youth leaders, and find ways to incorporate education and awareness on this topic, incorporate it into their curriculum for young people. Because the other thing, the other part of this is that, Young people, unless they're in settings where they're being taught about mental illness, they don't Mm -hmm. also have the language. Like they know what they're feeling, Mm -hmm. but they may not know why they're feeling it or
1: what the root of it is. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so true, uh, Dr. Shirley, um, because my son, again, he started off with, uh, they diagnosed him with psychotic depression. My God. because it had been going on for so long. Um, he was 17 at the time. Um, I did get him through high school. I homeschooled him. He did walk across that stage. He did graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I made sure of that. <laughs> but um, as time goes on, as you said, as they um, get older, it progresses more. Mm-hmm. Um, so now at the rightful age of 37, my son is uh, been diagnosed with schizophrenia my God. um and he takes his medication um he also has the the pill form and the injection uh they give him the uh invega um mm-hmm. and he goes on with life daily but it's a struggle for him to be able to to do the things that we take for granted
0: my God. um
1: you know just being able to function outside of um, living outside of the residential program, living in the community, he -hmm. got an apartment. He couldn't function doing that. He doesn't have the concept of being able to pay bills, to uh, know that a bill is due, to know that um, he needs to manage his household, period. He knows how to shop. He knows how to cook. Um, He knows his hygiene. He does that very well. They always applaud him on that. But to put him in a setting outside of not having that additional support from the residential counselors, because he's been in the program since he was 18, he doesn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he gets older, as i you know, the more research and, and being in the field and having the knowledge on mental health now, as they get older, it gets progressively worse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any better. Um, the brain cells start to die even more. So as they get older, um, some of them will um, get to the point where they lose all the functionalities, where they're able to care for themselves. Lord, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, it's just, um, I think that's the hardest thing for me, um, knowing that as my son gets older. You know, how is he going to be? But I hold on to God and I know God is going to bless my son because I pray for my son, both of my children every day, but particularly for my son, um, Mm -hmm. more so to ask God to just keep his mind strong, to keep him to be able to have the ability to do the things that he needs to do on a daily basis. Don't let him lose all the functionality of um, being able to live a daily life. Um, and he, he has been doing well. Um, he hasn't had any hospital stays in probably about three years now. The last time they had a, uh, put him in the hospital has been three years.
0: First of all, again, hats down to you, woman of God, from one, from one mother to the next. Um, hats down to you. Because, again, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength, a lot of prayer you know, you really have to be anchored in your faith because there's so many thoughts that could come to you from, you know, why did this happen to me? Why am mm-hmm. I a child? Where did it come from? Is it yeah. a demon? Is it is it a chemical imbalance? You know, you have all kinds know. of things that come to you. No, seriously. And especially yes. depending on who's in your ear, you know, you can really struggle because there is a sector of people that believe that all forms of mental illness is rooted in the demonic and they don't give any credence to what is happening in the natural body. And genes, you know, the things that can be genetically, you can be genetically predisposed to certain things. Um, Mm -hmm. Certain things are triggered through your environment, through your own trauma of life. Um, And it's not always a demon. Everything is not a demon, right? And so (laughs) we just want to set precedence because we know there's a lot of demon slayers out there. Yes, and they, they are always ready to um label pin someone or a situation down with a demon. Things that they don't have the knowledge or wisdom to understand, yes. they just will smack a demon on it. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not that is not the will of God and is and I even heard a pastor today you know mention like, you know what, if we didn't need doctors, why would Luke have been a disciple, right? Who right. was a, a physician, okay? Mm-hmm. So there are things that, um, you know, the Lord is going to resolve through uh, uh, deliverance, healing and deliverance. And there's other things that he's given over to me- medicine and science to deal with. And so um, it's up to us to have that discernment and to be prayerful about uh, knowing how to discern between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when dealing with the loved one. Yes. Um, so, I mean, this next question I'm going to ask you, it's kind of obvious, but I'll still ask you, you know, uh, which is why do you think this topic is important for those that are tuned in to understand?
1: Um, I think this topic is important and I'm going to say it again. I think this topic is very, very important mm-hmm. because of the simple fact that um, the way the world is now. Um, way back in the latter years, mental health and retardation was something that was hush-hush. They mm-hmm. kind of kept those those family members, um, and I think we've all probably seen that or have one in our family, that crazy uncle or that crazy aunt or whatever when we had the family gatherings. Those were the ones that were always put in the back room where nobody was ever to go back and see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody really addressed you know, um, mental health. I mean, just recently they really have started to address mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything that you hear in the news, if there's somebody that's done a shooting or whatever, you know, oh, well, he had mental health issues. A lot of times I think they're blaming that to make it easier for people to understand or feel sorry for that person that may have committed a crime. Uh, For instance, the young man here in in the U.S. that shot up to school. You know, they were saying um, he's been in and out of the psych wards for years, Mm. Um, but my question would be, well, if he's been in and out of the psych ward and he's had a diagnosis and he's been on medication and stopped taking it, why would he be permitted to purchase a firearm?
0: Mm.
1: You know, I I just think this topic is important. It's something that we really need to be discussing, um, you know, in the churches, in the schools, um just overall all over the world we really need to be talking about this so people can get an understanding of what mental health really is because people have these statements of mm-hmm. what they think mental health would be or how it's supposed to look but there is no look for mental health at all you know a person could look normal and be crazy as, I as that. You know? <laughs> so what do you say that mental health needs to look this way or mental health needs to look that way. So I think mm-hmm. it's just it's virtually important for us to, to address it on a daily basis because there might be someone right now that's listening and that's silently suffering and they're afraid to say anything to their parent because they're afraid of how the parent is going to react. Again, I go back to my situation with um, my son Being a parent with a child with a mental health, it is difficult. And yeah, I did blame myself. I went through that whole thing of, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? Something happened. You know, the therapist had to explain to me, like, Miss Thomas, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. This is the way that he was made. There was nothing that you did to cause this. Because I blamed myself. Mm -hmm. I really blamed myself because I thought I did something wrong, that there was something happened to him where I was working all these hours or in school, so did somebody do something to him? You know, it's just like a lot of different things were going through my mind. So as a parent, some kids are afraid to go to their parents to talk to them, to tell them how they're feeling. You know, I'm feeling kind of out of sort mom or dad or, you know, I'm feeling just like I just want to be by myself or I feel like I can't go on any further in life. I'd rather just give up right now, you know. A lot of children are afraid to mention it to their parents because of the reaction. And us as parents, we need to be on that softer side of things when we're talking to our children about things that may be occurring in their lives. I know we have all been taught as parents coming from our parents' generations down to discipline your children. There's nothing wrong with disciplining your children, but there's a time and a place to do that. And when your child is coming to you and talking to you about the way they may be feeling or something's happening at school or if they're old enough to work in the workplace it could be a person that's bullying them doing different things because kids are very cruel to one another and that can set a child off into a depressive state and that's the beginning And it just goes on, as you said earlier, you know, um, if they're not taking the medication and time just goes on, it progresses. And from depression, it goes to something else and then it goes on to something else and it goes on to something else as time goes on and on without the without seeing a therapist, without the medication. So, yeah, I think it's um, definitely as parents, we need to listen to our children.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and and with listening not only to what they're saying but what they're not saying, what they're saying with their body language, what they're you know reading in between the lines. This is this is an enormous topic um, because the more you're talking, and I'm thinking about it, and even again with my um, clinical background and you know being exposed to the uh, mentally ill ill population on. Mm just about a daily basis, um, I can, you know, I have a heart for that population and I have a lot of compassion for them. And a lot of times, you know, even outside of my training, just because I'm also a minister Mm -hmm. and called to counsel and minister to people, I'm always empathetic towards them, really trying to get, not necessarily get into their mind because not necessarily, you know, you can't necessarily do that, but trying to put myself in their shoes, right. Trying to see what must it be like, right. Especially for those that are in the condition where they might hear voices or Mm -hmm. they might hear things or, you know, and oftentimes um, I'm literally seeing someone that's in, they're in a different world. They're in a separate Mm -hmm. world from us. And our world is scary to them most of the time, Mm -hmm. because they're literally, and they're feeling alone in that world because it's not like, <clears throat> you know, the people that are coming to them often are coming with a pill or with a prayer or with some sort of judgment, right? Not necessarily always with compassion and saying, you know what, um, I understand or it's going to be okay, right? Like most people, the world is, is 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 isolating them even more, casting them aside even more, especially the public at large. The public at large frown yes. mental illness. Yes. You know, it, I mean, you see how they're treated on the street. Those that are homeless. Mm-hmm. People will pass by them and make judgment upon them. So um, for all those reasons, I really feel that the church um, and those that are not only just church leadership, but those that are in education, Christians especially, we have an opportunity here to really educate ourselves, get knowledgeable on this topic so that we can help prevent crises amongst our youth or circumvent crises that are already happening right because um it's really going to take because it's one thing with adults like adults are different in how they manage their mental health and there's certain (laughs) decisions that they may make consciously but with youth you know with with young people their defense mechanisms are low and almost non-existent and so they really need us elders uh, uh those that are covering them um, whether in the position of church leadership, or the education right. system, or parenting at home, that we do a good job at again picking up on cues, knowing what are the early warning signs, you know, addressing things head on, confronting yeah. things that don't seem right, because we're we may not always be knowledgeable of something, but really being so sensitive to the the needs of whatever child you're covering or overseeing that you can at least spot when something's wrong, right. Absolutely. Yes. And, and start a conversation about it. And there's so many things that we can do from educational workshop, workshops, seminars, training programs, um, uh, providing triage level of care um, to these young people. I mean, it's just it's endless opportunities for us here. And my hope is that for those that are tuned in, whether it's, like I said, parents, educators, Uh, church leaders, that we can really take this seriously. And if we don't already have these programs or things in place, that we make it a goal for the years to come, because it's so
1: important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. And I I, um, had this conversation with my pastor, um, actually, about a couple of weeks ago. And we have one gentleman in our congregation that does suffer with mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. And I said to him, you know, we really need to um, start addressing that more, you know, in the church, like, you know, having, like you said, the workshops, um, you know, making him feel like he is a a part of the church more, Mm -hmm. but not outcasting him by looking at him because of his mental illness, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because a lot of times when they have the mental illness, they already have that stigma on them. So they believe that they don't have the same opportunities afforded to them as we do, because we, of the other half of the population that are not suffering with mental health, they feel like they are less than um, because of their disability. Mm. And he said, you know, I never thought about that. I said, yeah, you know, we have to because there's people that are, we're out here in the community and we are um, out here praying and inviting people into the church. And a lot of these people, we come, we have a food bank at the church and we give away clothes. So a lot of people that are coming, they are homeless and they're off the street and they are suffering with mental health. Yeah. But they may not feel comfortable coming to the church because they don't feel like we would understand what they go through. But if they see that we have a program or a counselor there or a therapist there, somebody that is trained and know how to assist them, they would be more prone to come into the church. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, the church is not alone. Like they don't have to come up with the material themselves. There are amazing mental health, um, uh, providers that Mm are Christians that would love to partner with churches and offer their services, offer their time, such as yourself, Given the opportunity, I think it it really, we just need to see the need, acknowledge the need and decide to make a difference because uh, if we're living it up to the world, the world is not going to do it. Why? Because they're actually, in many cases, doing things afflict the young people mentally, you know, from media the things that are being pumped in them through the education system you know that's Mm -hmm. destroying their self-esteem their self-worth um um to my understanding there are many um young women uh especially like on the TikTok platform that are suicidal and or having eating disorders because Mm -hmm. they have so much peer pressure with that platform and beauty is being redefined yeah. Uh, um, uh. Uh. You know, for the for the young girls, and so there's just a slew of things, and then there are youth that have dealt privately with uh, molestation and and mm-hmm. and 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 sexual um, trauma, right, from yep. their early years that they've never coped with, they've never opened up to anyone around about because maybe they never felt safe, right? They never found a safe place. They never found a a non-judgmental space to share with. And so there's so many layers to this and the enemy is counting on our ignorance. He's counting on us to remain ignorant and silent so that he can continue to devour our youth because he understands if he can, if he can do this damage in their souls while they're young, then they'll, they'll. This will just continue into their adulthood and permeate mm-hmm. communities, nations, countries. Because the the at, at the end of the day, the microcosm of a country or a nation or the globe is people. So if you yes. have damaged people, you have a damaged world. Yes. Okay, and so we have to circumvent this. We have to be one step ahead of him and start like as you did in your home. Right, mm-hmm. our homes are our first ministry. Our families are our first ministry. Even Absolutely. if you, even if you're in an institution or a church that is not doing this or doesn't um rec, uh, it's not encouraging this, you do it at home for your children. Right, God will honor that and maybe open up additional opportunities for you to do that for other young people. Absolutely,
1: Amen, Amen. That is yeah. so true. Very yeah. true.
0: Yeah. And so on that note, you know, why do you think God has put you in this position with your son? Why do you think he's even put this burden on your heart for young people in this way?
1: I I just I reflect back to when I was laying in that hospital bed and I seen Mm -hmm. that bright light. And you know what they normally say when you see that bright light, that means you're transitioning over. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the first thing I thought, but then I heard his voice and he said to me, you know, you are a warrior and this is not too hard for you and you will make it through it and you will be out there and counsel and help other people. So that's what I hold on to. He gave me that uh, probably six years ago or no, it was probably about 10 years ago. It's been about 10 years ago that that happened to me. So I hold on to that and I just believe this is why I'm where I'm at now as far as being in the mental health field as being a rehabilitation counselor, um, helping the people that I work with in Baltimore City. And that is one of the uh, cities that has a high rate of mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they have uh, their homes that they lived in. It all stems back from the lead paint. Mm. you know, the chemical imbalance in the brain from the lead paint, mm-hmm. from, you know, being in school, the IEPs, it, you know, they couldn't grasp things. And it led into, you know, further as they got older, as I said, it progresses as an in, into adults now, and they're suffering with mental health. So I just believe God gave me this because I am a warrior. Mm. And I made it through that. And I'm going to continue to make it through so much more. And looking back of all the people that lives that I have touched, everyone that I have met, every person that's come across, and I've touched. Me. He has given me. Mm-hmm. He's given me this because this is where he needs me to be. Mm-hmm. He needs me to be in this field because I'm going to be able to help so many people that come across my path. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what I believe just from what he gave me 10 years ago when I seen that light.
0: Mm. My God. Well, again, I'm so happy that you answered the call. And it's funny that you, you, know, you said that God told you that you're a warrior because I think that's very accurate for what's required to deal with mental illness. Because while, as I stated in the beginning, there's a scientific and health aspect to this, but there's also a very heavy spiritual you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, part of this. And um, it really takes one to be equipped spiritually to deal with the warfare that accompanies mm-hmm. mental illness. Um, It's heavy. It's serious, and you have to really know what you're doing. Even when you're praying for someone with um, mental illness, there are people that have, you know, testimonies about after praying for people that uh, were dealing with some sort of mental torment or or or, or spiritual torment. That then after that person got delivered, the retaliation came back to them. Right? Mm -hmm. They now have to wrestle with those same forces just to show how spiritual. It can be, and this, it can really, this can be any illness, but since we're talking about mental illness, you know, we're going to park here um, because as I'm thinking about Jesus and, uh, uh, you know, how well, I'm thinking on one case where he dealt with someone who was mentally ill and, you know, uh, I'm immediately thinking about the man who um, was, chained and and isolated and he was cutting himself and you know everyone sort of evaded him he kind of lived among the graves and you know Jesus calmly stepped on the scene and of course handled it within seconds this man that had spent years just being tormented and uh, uh cutting himself and staying in these graves being judged by people people were uh, uh trying to avoid him he comes on the scene and he deals with he deals with this man with so much love and compassion cuz why? He deals with the root of the problem. He doesn't even speak to the man, he speaks to the demons <laughs> that were tormenting this man. Mm-hmm. And, then, You know, he told I believe he told them to shut up and come out or uh, whatever it was. And and he de- and he just dealt with them and the man was delivered right there. And I believe that scene was to show us how to deal with the realm of the demonic and also how demons can torment someone
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: and that person be completely misunderstood by the society around them yeah completely mishandled completely uh, uh uh you know just inappropriately dealt with and so this poor man had it not been for Jesus who came to the scene who knows he could have spent the rest of his life tormented by these demonic forces and so you know i really think it takes a warrior right a warrior mentality to deal mm-hmm. with these cases because again you need to have discernment when yeah. you when you're dealing with every case is not the same yes. every case is different yes and so your spiritual eyes have to be open your ears have to be open you, to hear what the spirit is telling you to give you revelation on each case that you know you're dealing with as people are speaking to hear what they're saying and what they're not saying
1: right, right? yes absolutely ah. a lot of times they don't it's not verbal you know you, they they'll just sit there um and not say anything and it's you know in the years of counseling just trying to decipher like you said you know just dealing with different case i mean i have but 25 people on my caseload now, and they mm. all, there's 25 different diagnoses.
0: Okay.
1: So, you know, I'm dealing from depression to bipolar, bipolar one, bipolar two, mm. uh, schizophrenia, unspecified schizophrenia. So it's, it's all different type of um, diagnoses, And I, I say to myself some days when I come home, like mentally I'm drained. You know but I, I say lord i don't this is this is where you put me you already told me 10 years ago that i was a warrior and this is the assignment mm-hmm. you had given me um and even more so with having my own my own child suffering and um being able to stand strong and be able to help him to get to where he's at now so yeah
0: oh,
1: my God.
0: i just want to you know, kind of change gears a little bit and now talk about scripture. Um, Scripture that, you know, maybe has ministered to you over the years or helped you deal with your situation with your son or that maybe you could share with someone tuned in that could really help them deal with their mental illness.
1: Um, There's two scriptures. Um, One is uh, Matthew 11 and 29 in the NIV version. Um, It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that one is like my favorite one, um, because I I read that on a regular basis, because going through the process, uh, the early stages of my son first being diagnosed, I didn't rest. I had no rest. I was up because he was up you know, and I was trying to watch to see what he was going to do, very unstable at the time. Um, so so that's one of my favorites. The other one is uh, Philippians uh, 4 in 86. Um, that one says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving's presence. And you definitely, um, that one for me was just the bitterness uh, and the anxiety of not knowing what to do to help my son, because as a parent, you know, we're used to being able to go to the store and get some medicine and you can fix your child and they're gonna be okay. Cause they have a fever or they got a cold and you can get that medicine and give it to them and they're gonna be okay. But what do you do when your child has a mental health and there's no medicine that's, that you can go to the store and get and fix them. You can't make them better. You know, so that anxiousness, that that feeling worthless or feeling like, how do I do this? What do I do, Lord? I'm crying out like, God, please just help me. The prayer, I just had to keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and for him to give me that strength to, to get through that. So those are my two favorite scriptures. Again, that's Philippians 4 and 86 and Matthews 11 and 12. NIT version. Um, and those are the two that I read. I still read them to this day, daily, because I can't fix my son. <laughs> I can't make him better. I can't go to the store and give him some medicine and he's going to be okay. So this is an everyday for me. It, it hasn't stopped. He's 37 years old and he was diagnosed at, at 16. So I don't, I don't have anything that that I can do to fix him. So these two scriptures has helped me to, to stay, stand strong and to be that warrior and to continue on the journey with my son and not give up on him. That's the most important thing I tell parents. Don't give up on your child. Don't push them aside. Don't put them aside like they used to do back in the days because that child has a disability. You're ashamed of them. Don't be ashamed of him. This is your child. God gave you. This is a gift that God gave you. Be right there with him through it all, through the good and the bad. It's going to be good times and it's also going to be some bad times. And to see my son in that state of mind, but he he knew who I was, but I could look in his eyes and see that that wasn't him. His mm-hmm. eyes were like coals, lumps of coals, just black. And I know it ain't, it's nothing but a demon. I already know that. And I just listen, kept, it kept praying and kept praying.
0: Listen, gonna, you just confirmed the scripture that I felt led to read um, because someone is going to be set free. Someone or someone's loved one is going to be set free from this scripture that I'm going to read right here. It's out of Mark chapter 5 Mm-hmm verses, quickly I'll read just verse one through eight. It says, then they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out again and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he Mm. ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, come out of him, you impure spirit, and you can read the rest on your own time. But as I'm reading the scripture and I'm just allowing these words to meditate in my spirit, I'm reminded that there are some cases that's for the creator. And this Mm -hmm. was a case for the creator. This was a case for the creator because this is the man, as I stated before, who had been dealing with this for years. It, it, and the Bible clearly says that no one was strong enough to, to subdue him. No one could come to his rescue. No one had a solution. And there are times where God would let the situation get to a point where no one will have a solution. No prescription, no, no human intervention.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that he can be the one ultimately to break that chain. You know, we talk about. We sing this song, "Break Every Chain, Break Every Chain," yes. That's probably in the name of Jesus. But do we really believe that?
1: that? Yeah.
0: Do we really believe because there are there are situations, and even in the case of mental illness, where people they may not be physically bound with mm-hmm. chains, but if you could see them in the realm of the spirit, you would see chains, fetters, iron on their hands and feet, and 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 even in this instance where we see this man who had changed that no one could break
1: mm-hmm.
0: when he saw Jesus, I love the fact that the Bible says that he ran and fell on his knees because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So even the, and it wasn't just the man who fell on his knees in worship. It was the demons that acknowledged the power and authority of Jesus coming on the scene. Yes. Because they understood this one is greater than me. This one has Mm -hmm. more power. I have to bow before the king. And so what I'm believing is that for whoever will tap in by faith tonight or whenever this uh, episode is is released for someone to hear, that they could just release their faith and tap into this anointing that was released over this demoniac man, this chain-breaking anointing, this... This, this anointing that destroyed a yoke that kept this man bound and tormented both internally and externally for years, that if yes. we would just re- just understand that, you know what, there's no chain mm-hmm. that my God can't break. There's nothing too hard for my God. It doesn't matter how long either myself or my loved one or my acquaintance has been dealing with this situation, mm-hmm. it has to bow. It has, to, it has to yield to the power and the name of Jesus. And like I said, everything is not always a demon. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even if someone is not necessarily uh, uh, possessed by a demon, but they're dealing with a situation that no human being can assist them with, that's still the case for the creator.
1: Yes. Right. Okay. They don't
0: have to necessarily be possessed by an evil spirit for them to meet God to come to the rescue. Amen. Right? And right. so I, I this just read even as I was reading it, it just did something to me. It, did, it just jolted my faith a little bit more because a lot of times we we make God the last resort. Um, yes. And and sometimes again, He allows us. He allows us to <laughs> exercise all of our options. You know, like the woman with the issue of blood. She had gone to every doctor. You you know spent all her money. Mm-hmm. For twelve years she suffered this way before she finally reached out and touched the hand of Jesus' garment, and he yeah. needed that moment, that divine moment. He needed her to get to the end of her resources, mm-hmm. because every case um, is is you know th- there's there's certain situations where you know people may think, oh, this this person is going to stay this way the rest of their lives, or this is the way this is going to end, and I'm just going to just let let it be, but. Oftentimes, God is like, I just want to get the glory out of this. Like, I just want, <laughs> I want you to get to the end of yourself. I want you yes. to get to the end of your resources. I want the sto- I want you to, you know, like Lazarus. I need him to actually be put in the tomb, put the stone there, walk away, mm-hmm. mourn for four days mm-hmm. or however many days they mourn, and then call me to show up. Yes, I wanted to get to a point of no return so that I can get the glory out of this. And so I just hope for you, woman of God, and and any parent tuned in that are dealing with a loved one, or it doesn't have to be a child, but it could just be a loved one, or even a student or a youth that you're working with dealing with some sort of mental illness or crisis. And it's been going on for years, and you've prayed every prayer, you've fasted, you've, you've done everything that you could possibly do. I'm just saying, don't give up. Because the same way that the the Lord restored this demoniac, the Lord allowed this man's crisis to get completely out of hand, completely to a place where no one could restore him, no one could help him. But he showed up, broke the man's chains, and delivered him completely. And I love the way the story ends, because after he is healed in verse 20, it says, He, he, the man went away and began to testify, right? He go, he he just, as soon as he's healed, he begins to testify to everyone of what the Lord did for him. And the Bible says, all the people were amazed Mm -hmm. because he was counted out. He was someone that they were like, God, this one's going to die this way. They thought they knew how his story was going to end, right? But God, and so Thank you again, woman of God, for bringing your story and just being so vulnerable and transparent um, with us on this topic, because it really got us to this place where we could again, get a close up at someone who in the Bible had a very real mental crisis. This man was really being tormented. You know, cutting is something that there's a lot of young people that deal with cutting themselves yes. today. this day. Yes. Even to this day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a young lady on my caseload, and that's what she does to help her with her anxiety. Listen,
0: so this is a real, real thing. This is not just, you know, a story that was there, you know, just to kind of give us Mm -hmm. theory of what the Lord can do. No, that happened then, and it's still happening now. And Jesus is still in the healing business, and he is still the chain breaker. He's still the way maker. He's still the deliverer. Amen. Amen. And so for my final question for you, woman of God, what advice would you offer, you know, to leaders or parents of youth that are dealing with, um, you know, those under them that are youth that may have mental illness? What advice would you offer them?
1: Um, Definitely listen. That's the key word is listening. Um, um, Watching. Listen and watch. Listen and watch because all those two things right there will help you to be able to help that person. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the key thing is listening. Um, and again, as we said earlier, a lot of times they might not be verbal and say anything, but that's when the watching part comes in. You have to watch Mm -hmm. their body language. You got to watch the way that they're doing things and definitely you will see a change because their pattern does change. If you know your child, or if you know the person that you're dealing with that may be in your church, or uh, in your workplace, wherever it may be, you will definitely see a change in their pattern because as it gets the mental health starts to progress, the pattern of them will change. They'll mm-hmm. go from being their normal self to you'll see that they're doing things a little differently. So the two words that I would say is listen and watch mm-hmm. and. Just be there for that person, whether it's your child, a friend, uh, someone in your congregation, um, just be there. Never walk away from them because that's what they expect. And this is a reason why a lot of people are suffering in silence because they're afraid to come to the forefront to share what's going on because people are, we as people are so judgmental. Mm. We're quick to judge and not to listen. So just listen and watch. Those are my words that I would give.
0: Amen. And and I don't want to take for for granted that while we're you know specifically talking about young people, that there are adults too, men that are themselves are dealing with with mental health issues. And mm-hmm. you know we want you to know that um, there is no judgment here. Um, and you know we love you. We're praying for you, and we want you to get the help that you deserve um and so we encourage you to seek counsel get medical attention if needed get some Christian counseling if you needed um don't be ashamed of needing even yeah. psychotherapy right mm-hmm. these are these are all things that the lord has made available to us because he wants us to be whole he wants us to be our best selves he he came he died so that we might live not just live eternally but live abundantly right meaning that there's a there's a level of of of, of wholeness and wellness that he wants us to experience on earth right? and he wants us Absolutely. to be sound in our minds and be our best selves and so um you know do whatever it takes to become that best version of yourself and again um for those that are in positions where you're covering your loved ones your children the youth and you need more education on this topic, educate yourself, you know, find a uh, mental health uh, partners such as Yvette, um, people that can, you can partner with that can educate you and train you and your youth to really help them be better.
1: Absolutely. Amen. And I'm always, I'm available. Um, there's nobody that I would ever turn down that if you need my help, I will be there. I, I'm mm-hmm. always available for that.
0: Can you tell the woman about how they can get in touch with you should they want to?
1: Oh, Sure. Um, you can reach me um, on email. Um, it's my last name, Thomas, T H O M A S, Yvette, E V E T T E at gmail.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. You can inbox me there if you're more of a social media person. On Facebook, you'll find me under Yvette, E V E T T E, Turner. T-U-R-N-E-R hyphen Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. I have a phone number. You can also reach me out. Um, It's 410, United States number, uh, 402-1583. And I'm also on um, the WhatsApp app as well. So you can find me under there, under my name or my email address as well. For anybody that's outside of the United States, I'll be more than happy to counsel with
0: you. That's wonderful. Thank you, woman of God. You're welcome. welcome. Yes. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is all that we have for you today. And I pray that something that we said resonated with you, your situation and your spirit and leads you one step closer to Jesus and healing. If you're tuned in today and you have not yet committed your life to Christ as your Lord and Savior, My prayer for you is that today would be that day because the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's no better decision that will guarantee you the best possible life here on earth. And when you leave this earth and after you've made this decision, I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church that will help you to grow spiritually and be all that God has created you to be. And for the ladies that are tuned in, if you're looking for a support system and a group of women to fellowship with and grow spiritually, please feel free to connect with us at Beauty for Ashes Global Women's Ministry, where we offer you tons of opportunities to do just that from virtual small groups, girl talk sessions, conferences, retreats, and so much more. You can visit our website today at www.beautyforashes-global.com. Or you can join our Facebook group for all the ways to connect and partner with us. And so once more, woman of God, thank you so much. Thank for
1: you, Dr. You. Shirley.
0: It was such an honor. This was such a great topic. And I'm hopeful that it's going to help a lot of
1: people. Yes, I hope i touched somebody somewhere. And remember, please do not suffer in silence there Mm -hmm. is help out there for you and do not be ashamed to get in search for it or ask for help
0: amen amen well god bless you until we meet again
1: thanks for listening to a word with
0: dr shirley a platform for faith inspiration and empowerment to connect with dr shirley follow her on facebook or instagram at dr shirley lefevre or visit her website at W. God bless.